0: Could you go down there and uh, tell them to come here? They are so busy talking. Just in case. (laughs) Just in case, i become a (laughs) mother. Just in case uh, that uh, the roses won't blossom that year. So we want to make sure that you have one of those. Thank you very much. And the church will pray. (laughs) Just in case. Just in case. case. Did you get one? Uh, No, but that's okay. I have it in my heart. (laughs) I'm going to get one for you. Absolutely. And it's always a pleasure You see, my mother didn't get a rose because she got married at the age of 17. But she did have nine boys and five girls. So I'm giving you this hoping that my mother's blessing will be upon you and you'll have at least 14. Because they're going to be wonderful, wonderful children raised by wonderful mothers. Today, we're going to be thinking for a moment uh, regarding uh, the mother of Jesus. And I'm going to have it in the sermon in such a way that you will say, oh, yes, that's right. It happened some 2,000 years ago. And the mother of Jesus was so blessed that God blessed her in a way where Jesus, a Son of God, divine, was born through her to save you and me. Now, I'd like you to take a moment and just think. Just think. A few weeks ago the whole world as it were at least all Christians celebrated Christ and him being crucified and then resurrected. And you know it's become almost a kind of a holiday. We put together a kind of a, a, a situation where there are certain things that we think about and we go to church and we believe that something is happening, and the whole world realized that some 2,000 years ago Christ was born, and then he grew up, and then he was crucified. And then he rose, and uh, then very shortly after, he went ahead and uh, went back to heaven. And all of these events sometimes become mundane in a way where we say, well, it's just events that have happened. But is it possible that there's something that we're missing that is very, very vital? So for a moment, I'll take you through what happened. You see, Jesus was kind of hurried and pushed to Calvary. Among people that were jeering, that were shouting, the crowd was going wild, as it were. And as Jesus passed the gate of Pilate's court, that heavy cross which had been provided for barbarous was laid upon Jesus and his bruised and bleeding shoulders. Okay, you see the setting? The load was too heavy for the Savior to bear because he was suffering And his condition was appalling. Now, just think some 2000 years ago, when that cross was put upon Christ, he just took a few steps and collapsed, fading underneath that cross. Jesus was revived for a moment. The cross was again placed upon him. He staggered just a few more steps and fell again. That's what the Bible tells us. I'm giving you a summary. He fell again to the ground as if he was lifeless. No energy. What do you think those that were persecuting him they realized then that it was impossible for Jesus to carry his cross all the way to Calvary to that mountaintop. And did you know that somebody was coming toward the procession that was going to Calvary and it was none other but but Simon and he was going the opposite direction they saw him and they demanded that he take the cross and carry it for Jesus. Now, he had two sons that were a part of Christ's ministry, as it were, and they were converted by Christ, but Simon the father was not. But here he was asked to carry that cross. It's rather interesting that that type of a situation came up and here he carried the cross. And the burden was very heavy for him. And did you know that we're told that Simon finally accepted Christ? Just think for a minute, our Sabbath school lesson. Our Sabbath school lesson. Some people, Elwin, I think to was you, that said, yes, we should give people very important jobs as soon as they come into the church. I'm wondering what would happen if we gave jobs to people that don't even come to church, in this church, (coughs) and have them carry a burden. Would that perchance convert them as Simon was? Just just a thought. You know, just wondering whether there is some merit in this thing that we don't fully understand. They finally arrived at the crucifixion place first. They put the two thieves on the cross. Did you know that the Bible tells us very clearly that those two thieves refused. They had to force them to be put on the cross. And we're also told that Jesus didn't resist at all. He gave himself to the world. Do you see that scene going on? Let's take one other part, the mother of Jesus. Do you fill in all the blanks that are in your mind as to how she conceived and how she had that little baby? And how she did everything possible to make sure he grew up in the Lord, in God, trusting him fully. And how she ministered to him. And then finally it came to the place where she saw truly, and Jesus saw clearly, that he was the Son of God. You remember? And during that whole procession, can you think like a mother would, the mother of Jesus, following the procession, seeing her son, crown of thorns, almost unbelievably trying to carry the cross, can't, going to be crucified. And she tried her best to do everything possible to help him but she was not allowed to. It's hard. She's longed to somehow minister to him. You know, there's somebody in this room right now that had a little bit of an inkling of what it must have been like. La Sierra College has what they call an event where they go through all this that I've just told you, to the cross. I think they still have it every year, right? And uh, when our son attended La Sierra, he was chosen to represent Christ and carry the cross. And Elaine was there watching all this. Just a play, just a play. Very meaningful. However, would you believe it? There's one time where with all the people in that procession, Elaine saw, as she turned to the side, her son being whipped. Just a play, but still being whipped. And she almost thought, wow, that's my son but that's nothing compared to what really happened. But keep in mind for a moment, why was all this happening? Let the Holy Spirit lead you to realize more fully why, why was all this happening? And I'm sure that the mother of Jesus thought for a moment that he healed so many people, even resurrected people. And here he was going to Calvary, as it were, to be crucified. Yes, not as it were, but to be crucified, to save the whole world from not dying. So she saw Jesus... The mother of Jesus saw him with his outstretched arms on the cross. She was there. She watched it. She also not only saw but heard the hammer, the nails. And somehow his tender flesh was pierced and nailed to the cross and you know it broke her heart because she was the mother of Jesus and during all this time Jesus did not complained, did not murmur, nothing. His face remained pale and very saddened, and great drops of sweat stood upon his brow. And the disciples that were with him for three and a half years fled, you imagine that? And in Isaiah 63, 3, it says very clearly that he was treading the wine press alone. And of the people, there were none with him that really were supposed to be with him. Did you know that the soldiers were doing their dreadful work? And while they were actually nailing him to the cross, it so happened that they finished the job and then they lifted that cross with him on and there was this hole and they made sure it was put in jarring him totally with even more pain than ever all oh, this was happening then while he was on the cross what do you think he did he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23, 34. Can you imagine that? She needs to be here. She's too busy doing things in the kitchen that shouldn't be done. So Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they didn't know what they're doing. It was during this time that Jesus was earning the right to become the advocate for men in the Father's presence was happening that prayer of Christ for his enemies embraced the entire world it took in every sinner who had lived or should live from the beginning of the world to the very end of the world that is what was going on as soon as Jesus was nailed to the cross It's rather interesting to see exactly what was in his mind. Because there was a lot of things going on. You remember the writing of Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, all this. And I don't have time to elaborate on it. You remember what was said in Luke 23:37 if thou be the king of the jews save thyself can you imagine the pressure that was on him and he could have but he would have only saved himself he wanted to save you all the people upon the face of this hilltop mountain crestline all of california United States, the whole world, that was what he was doing. In fact, can you imagine? They sneered at him and jeered at him and saying he saved others himself. He cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Matthew 27, 42 and on. Do you think they would have believed him had he came down? But they said that. A lot of people say a lot of things. It doesn't mean a thing. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have if he will have him, for he said, "I am the Son of God." Can you imagine the theology that they were trying to portray to Jesus while he was on the cross? Let's let's just think of another little situation that came up. And they that passed by, Mark 15, 20, and they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, ah, Though that destroyeth the temple and buildeth it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. End of quote. Can you imagine? All of those things were going on. Let's take a moment about the soldiers that put him on the cross. And what happened? If you look at the scriptures, there's that thing that you can get, the feeling. And I'll give you one Bible quote, but before that, it says the um, feeling soldiers divided the clothing of Jesus among themselves. Divided it. Now keep in mind that they also cast lots I never realized until I read Ellen White where she says something very interesting. One garment was woven without seams and a contention arose about the soldiers as to who's going to have it. So they finally settled the matter by casting lots for it. Can you imagine that? Gambling, as it were. Unbelievable what went on. In fact, Psalms 22:16 16 to 18, roughly, and I'll just read a part of it where it says, for dogs have come past me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. That's in Psalms, Old Testament. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vest. The Bible was full of Christ being born, crucified, and also risen. And did you know that there's something else that has happened that I thought would be very, very interesting for us to see? And that is that just before Christ died on Calvary's cross, He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Very significant. Because every child born upon the face of this earth has lived and will die. However, I want you to know then unless they accept Christ paying on Calvary's cross for our sins, and if they accept him, they will not have to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You are either with God through eternity or he forsakes you because you haven't accepted him. Think think of that. Serious. And then finally, Jesus said, After he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It is finished. I want to ask you a question. What did he mean when he said, It is finished? What was finished? All what you're saying is so true. And you know, when he said, it is finished, he said, Father, unto thy hands, I commend my spirit. Mm -hmm. All that happened. And somehow, sometimes we look at it and say, It just happened. No, it happened for you, for me, for the whole world. And when he said, it is finished, do you know what? I mean, I can elaborate on what transpired of how the earth quaked, how darkness came and all those things, but I don't have the time right now, but I will say this. When he said, it is finished, something else happened. That was the part that he said it is finished, that Satan was finished. Satan was also finished. Because the Bible tells us that there's a place that (laughs) Satan has with all his angels and all the people that do Satan's will, Satan's work and they will come to an end that's finished. That was what was accomplished on Calvary's cross. It's beautiful. What a message we have. How many of you are happy? Happy that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have Everlasting life. Amen. Are you willing to stand to your feet and say, Lord, thank you for praying because we do so many things that we don't even know why. And yet, look what happened for you and for me. Let's stand and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just took a few minutes to remind ourselves from the scriptures of what transpired some 2,000 years ago and all that was done by Jesus, who God so loved the world that he gave and Jesus came and did it all for you and for me we thank you, thank you, thank you over and over again. And help us to be thankful throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. To be thankful forever and ever. Amen. We thank you for each person that's present here. And help us to remind those that are not here of our precious. God is and always will be that he so loved, he gave, Jesus came and fulfilled and said, it is finished. Help us to make sure that we are so committed to you and trust you and giving our will to you in such a way that your will will be done in our lives because we know that Jesus came and died for every person upon the face of this earth. And we pray for those that are on this mountaintop that our lives will meet and somehow encourage them to sense how wonderful your love is and how caring you are for each of us and for every person upon this mountain. And may we be instrumental in helping them to be saved as well. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.